Thank you. Thank you, everybody. And a special thanks to the 10 or 15 people who attended St. Mort Live. Old Timey, you were there, right? Yeah, boss, huh? How did you like it? It was like being on the Titanic. Oh. Well, I like to swim, sir. Let, let's just go to the Skyping with the Stars segment. And we're back. Uh, our first guest today is Ethan Nicole, uh, the artist of the comic book Axe Cop for our segment Skyping with the Stars. Uh, thank you for coming by, Ethan. Thanks for having me. <laughs> uh, now, Axe Cop, the, the way that I first heard of this comic, I know it started as a web series, which, uh, not a web series, but a web comic that I actually hadn't heard of, but one day I walked into my comic book shop, and as I was about to check out, uh, the comic book shop owner goes, oh wait, you forgot something, and turns around and just hands me issue one of Axe Cop, and just, just looking at the cover and reading, written by a six-year-old and drawn by his 30-year-old brother, immediately I put my money down to purchase the comic. Uh, and then proceeded to tell everybody that I knew, you have to read this comic. And I think one of the biggest reasons is that there is no doubting that this is written by a six-year-old. Um, and <laughs> no, There's a few doubters out there, but, but yeah, the people, most people don't doubt. The people who I've noticed love it the most is I have a lot of friends who are teachers at elementary level. And mm-hmm. they are—they think this is the greatest comic book that's ever been made. <laughs> um, and I think recently Robert Kirkman released Super Dinosaur, mm-hmm. and my review of it was, it's Axe Cop without the charm. Um, <laughs> there's something so charming about this. Your, your brother is so creative and so overly obsessed with killing things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but... Anybody who's had a conversation with a with a six year old, I don't understand how you could doubt that this is written by a six year old. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love that. Literally, there is never a problem that lasts more than a page in the comic yeah. book of XCOM. <laughs> <laughs> He's a very efficient problem solver. <laughs> um, and I I admit it to you uh, before we start recording. I haven't gotten around to reading issue three yet, but my friend did, and he was like, "It is the greatest ending that could possibly happen to X Cop." <laughs> and he goes, "It's." It's the only way that a six-year-old could come up with it, and it's brilliant, and I'm ashamed that at 25, I couldn't come up with it. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Since you haven't read it, I don't want to give it away, but the funny thing about that, that ending, when people do read it, was really like, you know, when Axe Cop gets to this position that he gets to, he has to give kind of a speech. <laughs> and, I, and I hadn't written down what that speech would be, and so I called Malachi and asked him. And at first, I was like, I can't do that. That's like, you know, that's something that's just too childish. And I go, wait, this is Malachi. He's a kid. (laughs) So I did it. But anyway, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. (laughs) Now, now how much of it, I, I mean, I, I believe that the, the general story is definitely all your brother. Um, there, I mean, obviously you have to throw in little bits and pieces here. I doubt that your brother knew who Hulk Hogan was. And his line of "I want I want to join you guys, brothers" in uh, issue two. <laughs> I mean, that's clearly got to be you. I refuse to believe a six-year-old is that familiar with '80s Hulk Hogan. <laughs> but, yeah, it's, it's more that, but you know, it's really his story translated by me. Uh, where did you come up with the idea for this, though? It's it's a really charming and, and interesting idea. Uh, well, I, I had never, I, I didn't think it was going to be the big 
thing that it was when I made it. It was just me having fun with Malachi. You know, I just made, if you've ever read the webcomic, if you go back to the beginning, the first four of them are, are drawn a lot sloppier and they're a little bit different because they're, they're the first four I did when I was uh, visiting for Christmas. And it was just something I did for fun with him. And I, I assumed, I mean, they were hilarious to me. I was crying, laughing at these things. And just like, I'd be thinking about them at night. Like, I, I remember like, you know, three o'clock in the morning, I go to the bathroom to go take a whiz and I just start laughing about the snow planet or like these weird hilarious <laughs> ideas but I figured I thought they were so funny because it was my little brother I didn't think uh, that other people that it would resonate in such a way but it really it amazed me to see how universal it is like you know he my brother is he is like in every kid in a lot of ways as far as just like he loves all the stuff boys in general love and he just he takes it to that crazy level and I love translating it it's such a fun project um <laughs> And that's and that kind of makes it fun too because it it gives you both it gives you the kid that we all once were and it combines it with the guy that most of us are which is you know I I'm into a lot of the stuff that most of us who read comics are you know I love I love monsters and I love 80s action movies and I love you know that stuff and so it gets translated to that prism and it ends up making just like it's just so much fun <laughs> Yeah Well I mean is he getting a little bit of a uh, ego being a six-year-old published comic book writer? Or <laughs> <laughs> he, um, yeah, sometimes he gets it. He, uh, you know, I don't know. See, he well, gets uh, he gets he gets a little entitled when I when I go for like my long visits and we work. <laughs> he does get a little bit entitled at times, but you know, it hasn't gotten to the point where you know. If, it's it's a much more of a critical critical success than a financial success. It's it's not bad. I mean, I'm living off of it, but it's not like this amazing living. And it's not like I keep hearing people saying in interviews and reviews and or not interviews, but like reviews and like these people talking online about how this kid's set for life. Well, that's not really true yet. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not like he has that that kind of sway with the family where like, oh no, we better do everything he says, otherwise we'll lose the family fortune. Like we're still <laughs> the same kind of poor people that we were. <laughs> well. Like you said, it, it reached so many people, and I think a lot of it has to do with... I read Axe Cop, and it reminds me of about a year ago, when I was cleaning out my parents' house to move, and I found um, all of my old elementary school books that they used to make us write, that you thought were so long, and then you find them at 25, and they're you know 10 sentences long. Yeah. <laughs> and you've got you know, your really crappy illustrations to go with it. Uh, mm -hmm. and, and you know you read those and they're they're kind of embarrassing and then at the same time you're like wow I was more creative at six than I am at twenty five <laughs> mm -hmm. and like I can't imagine how what it would feel like to be someone who who's at six has got people all around the world reading their their story from elementary school you know what I mean mm -hmm. uh, it's got to be a surreal experience for him but it's got to be awesome as well. Uh, I just, I, I'd love to like sit down 10 years, 10, 15 years from now with him and see what he thinks about it. <laughs> if it's something that yeah. he's like, yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> or like, yeah, no. Like, yeah. He, <laughs> well, it started so young for him that it, he didn't even get a chance to have that be an aspiration yet. You know, yeah. like at that age, your aspiration isn't, to, isn't a job <laughs> in general. It might be something like a firefighter or some like, like heroic thing, like, or, you know, a, a crime fighter, <laughs> but uh, it's generally not a, an author. 
Now, the miniseries is done, the three-part story is done. Is it going to continue as a monthly title or a couple more little short stories in three pieces? Or what, what is the future of Axe Cop? Uh, right now, the next, next two things that will be coming out, um, there will be another volume of the online collection. So there's already one volume of the, of the online collection out, and then once we get enough content online, we'll do the second one. So I'm going to start speeding up production of the online stuff now that the miniseries is done. And so that'll be next, and also the Bad Guy Earth trade will be coming out. <laughs> and uh, I just finished 36 pages of extra material for that. There's like a big making of thing in there. It shows all our toys that we used and like how we kind of painted action figures and and uh, the sketches and the notes, and it just shows like how that whole crazy story you know over a month was made that's a it's 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 one of the coolest uh extra sections in a graphic novel i've ever seen if i do say so myself yeah i was gonna i was gonna ask how exactly does the writing work do do you literally just call him up and say you know what happens to axe cop this week and he tells you and then you draw it or is it kind of a ongoing back and forth developing the story a little bit (laughs) Uh, well, it's, it's always a conversation, but uh, the webcomics are generally created over the phone. It's gotten to where a lot of the material has been created when I'm with him in person because we've seen each other so often now. I see him every three or four, seems about every every two or three months. For a little while, I've seen him almost monthly because we had different events we would do. But um, So that gives us a chance to sit down and, and, you know, if he really gets flying on a story, I can get a lot of content. Or it'll, you know, it'll generate a lot of content. I'll kind of, because uh, then I'll just ask him questions in there, like like this bat warthog man story that's going on on the on the website right now. Um, he he just added all these characters. You know, he had like five heroes. He had like the gray diamond and and uh, graystone and wolverman. And I go, if you're gonna add all these characters, I have to draw those all the time, and they better have, they better be doing something. So you need to. I need each one of them has to have a part in the story, otherwise we're going to cut them out. <laughs> so they're not just standing there the entire time, and that's why this story became so hilariously complex because he kept. So they need to add this these weird origin stories and stuff for each of these characters, and like, and he'd make them all connect, and it would it just became hilarious because you know he doesn't think ahead to like how a thing should logically connect, so he'll just like work himself into that corner and like it'll be it'll connect in the most ridiculous way and he'll just be like oh yeah yep that's it (laughs) well what i what i really like is that it seems to me that you use uh the actual dialogue dialogue is your way of almost commentating on the story sometimes um one one in particular is in uh issue two of the three-part series when one of the characters long dead mothers returns and you get the story of how she died, but not how she's still alive. And yeah. someone even, one of the characters in dialogue asked the question, well, how is she still alive? And the response is, we don't have time for that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and that happens a lot in Act Cup. Get halfway through an origin story or something, like, oh, we don't got time for that. We got to get going. <laughs> uh I, I think, you know, people are saying that your brother's set for life, and that's, you know, as you have already said, not true, but... Clearly. Well, just financially right now, but I mean, he he definitely has a future if he wants it in comics. I'm sure I was he does. Say, if, he, he, if he embraces the writing thing, he, <laughs> he got a he good really head start. Does, he's got the imagination. He's got Mar- uh, and not to trash talk other companies too much, but you know, 
So maybe Marvel could use a six-year-old helping them write some of these stories to get them out of the <laughs> holes that they're in right now. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, in my opinion, I think that this kind of thing is, uh, you know, I don't think all comics should be written this way. <laughs> I, I do like coherence still. But it, to me, it's, it's, it's cotton candy in a way. It's like it's fun. Uh, it, it's it, you know I want it to exist and it's it's a lot of fun and good and but I think I think if all comics were this way it'd become like you know just like if all we ate for dinner and and lunch and breakfast were a cotton candy <laughs> true but it, it's fun to what would be cool for you actually like a side project would almost uh, if you could do a little side thing where you did like famous comics if they were written by a six year old. I yeah. love like a six-year-old's <laughs> version of like preacher. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we may. Uh, I can't really say anything, but we may have something like that in the works. Oh, that's possible. that is awesome. Uh, <laughs> is there any talk of maybe one day bringing Axe Cop to another medium? Uh, I feel like it could be a pretty fun video game or or kids TV series one day. Yeah. There's been a lot of talk. Nobody's. Uh... There's been some issues here and there. I don't know. It's just a, uh, it's a tough process. Those 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 avenues are much more. Uh, they're tougher than comics are easy. You know. Yeah. You can make just about anything in comics, and and no one's going to stop you. But then that's because they're so cheap to make, and it's such a small industry. And uh, I, th- but, I think it'd be- outside of that, but yeah, I, I think Axe Cop screams video game. Yeah. That's, that's how Malachi thinks in video games. That's why everybody's dying all the time because in video yeah. games. That's I mean, always you, the solution. If you, you could, kill them. If you could hook up with the guys who did like Castle Crashers or something, I feel like that would just be a video game match made in heaven. You totally. Know what I mean? like, yeah, that's, that's Malachi's <laughs> favorite game. He oh, it's like, such a good game. <laughs> uh, well, thank you for coming by, Ethan. Um, feel free to plug. Where where can we see more Axe Cop? Where can we see more of your non-Axe Cop work? Uh, right now there's not much non-Axe Cop work to show for. <laughs> I got a couple books you can look up on Amazon. Chumble Spuzz. But other than that, um, xcop.com. Read, read the uh, the weekly strip and check out the motion comics on YouTube. All right. Thank you so much for coming by, Ethan. Uh, we'll be back right after this brief commercial break. One event down and a second on the horizon. St. Mort's Farewell Show is at CN Skate Palace on June 19th, featuring Nitty Gritty, Beast Mode On, Andrew Emsley, Team Goldie, and reunion sets by Committed, Proven Worth, The Uninspired, and then a set by St. Mort himself and my sing-along backup band. Check it out on Father's Day, June 19th at CN Skate Palace for $8. And we're back. Uh, Right now in the studio, I've got my brother, Brian Kelly, and his best friend, Eric Biggis. Nice to be here. It's great to be here. Now, you guys might know Brian as having maybe one or two words to say in the How's Brian Doing Today segment on the podcast. Mm. And you might know Biggis for nothing. He hasn't done anything on this show yet. But He's actually in a uh, really famous band around here. Beast Mode Beast On Mode Off. On. Are you plugging us? We're plugging. What is up? What is up? Beast, Beast Mode On will be performing at the St. Mort Farewell Show, actually, on June 19th. So go. It's a good show. It is know. a good show. It's a good show. Now, Beast Mode On is a side project of another band, though, isn't it? Or that's how it started. No, it started out as it started a, off as a legit band. You know, <laughs> we wanted a legit band, but it didn't didn't follow through. We started out as Fire Engines Are Red. Good name. 
Good which name. Not all fire engines are red. Which uh, just for the for the books. Initials are fear. <laughs> <laughs> Phenomenal name. I can dig it. So what happened to uh, fire engines are red? Oh. Uh, couldn't get practices together. Uh, this kid, this kid left of me is uh, Sean Cox. He's a guitarist. He was. Uh, they can't see. He yeah. went to uh, he went to Eastern, so it was hard to get practices together. But we had fun. That was the purpose: was to have fun. We had fun. Well, we that's did good. what we did. Now, when did the band turn into Beast Mode on? Once the light switch went from off to on. Yeah. Once we wanted now. to kick it up a notch, we had to get our Beast Mode on. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> we do it together. Because fire engines are sometimes red, but beast mode is always on. So, <laughs> now Brian, um, the number one reason why I had you on the show is because it's uh, your twenty-first birthday. It was. It was uh, uh, exactly and, seven days ago. And you have Thanks, uh, been Matt. on this podcast out of nine episodes. I think you, the Brian segment, was on for about five or six, mm. which I yeah, think people. Run. I think people would argue it was about four or five episode segments too long. Too much. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, Astronaut Jones only had one skit. <laughs> uh, we basically, that is, no one has really commented on that, but that is clearly what, the Brian Kelly skit is ripping off Astronaut Jones from Saturday Night Live, which may be one of the funniest SNL skits of all time. <laughs> but there's nothing wrong with that, because Tracy Morgan has in a, been a whole lot of black rip-off films, of old white films. So. I've never seen it. What, what, what is it? Astronaut Jones was this sketch where uh, basically it showed Tracy Morgan dressed up like an astronaut, and he's like, this is Astronaut Jones reporting from a strange planet. I think I may have found some intelligent life. And then it plays like this minute and a half long theme song. It's like, I'm Astronaut Jones. And then literally it just goes into the quickest dialogue. And Brian and I, I guess, can attempt to recreate it. But Brian would be playing Britney Spears and I'd be playing Tracy Morgan. Well, I don't know what Britney Spears You just say whatever. Go ahead. Oh my god, Astronaut knows I have my period today. Yeah. I don't know what to do. Uh-huh. I need you to give me some action Words. What should I do? Yeah, yeah. So. You need to get out of that dress and show me that fat ass. And then it just plays the theme song again. Like a, like a two-minute theme song. <laughs> which is not... If Tracy Morgan is listening to this podcast, which I doubt, we did not steal that from you. That's just a joke, so don't sue us, please. Hey, don't settle yourself short. No, you may be we, listening right now. Yeah, and I, I <laughs> yeah. want him to know that we love that skit so much that we want to do our own version Yeah, of we it. love you, Tracy. <laughs> Circa... 1998 to 2001, Tracy. Yeah, cop out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love Kevin Smith, but I'm sorry. That was not quality yeah. film or enjoyment at all. Kevin Smith did cop out? He directed yeah. it, yeah. More like crop out, because I'm trying to crop that shit out of my brain. I did see it in theaters. Uh, it was not enjoyable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, I watched I it on... <laughs> Our dad loves it, though. Does he? He well, was watching it once. So. Dad did love Taxi. <laughs> um... Brian, you just did the St. Mort Show Live event last week, which uh, listeners will success. will never, ever hear because I forgot to record it. <laughs> and with good reason, because it was a train wreck. But you could have heard James bitch about how much of a nerd he was. So that would have been good. Um, now you actually... I have to say, I made a joke that uh, since you turned 21, you have not been seen sober once. But you were probably the only sober person that was on any of the panels that particular day. 
I was. I was actually very sober. Actually, I had like two beers in the shot, but like pretty sober. In a joint. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I was pretty high. And when you asked me, I, I was so high that I lied and said I wasn't, which is, which is a rare occasion for me. <laughs> because you were in front of a whopping 10 people. You were afraid that one of them might be a cop. Well, there was a, like, you know what I mean? Because I went in there, like, I was actually so nervous. I wish you could see the show because I went in with such high hopes and I was ready, like, to go in and just be my, like, self. And there was, like, an eight-year-old girl sitting on the couch. And I either need to just be vulgar as shit or just not say anything at all there's no in between yeah you spent most of the show texting yeah well you know me and Trot were talking you know <laughs> yeah after the show my friend matt was like it was all right but you had like n- nothing to work with on your panel <laughs> it's like he's like shrop didn't talk your brother was possibly the worst interview segment in the history I and then you had questions lined up. I didn't. I like that the the audience started just asking you questions. <laughs> I still didn't have answers for it. You lied. You lied at one point about a uh, a chick that clearly had herpes hitting on you a night or two previously at a bar. They're like, "Is it true that some disgusting girl came and started hitting on you?" And you were like, "No." And I was like, "Yes, it's true." And you're like, "Oh, you mean her?" <laughs> like, and I, it seems like you also forgot to put your phone on silent before doing this interview. But I don't think they can hear it. They might. Well, it's a good song. Okay. Can I say, Brian's been kind of pissed about the final question you gave us in our uh, trivia game. Because it was bullshit. Listen, the whole game was bullshit. <laughs> uh, during the St. Mort Live event, we had a trivia segment where people could come up from the audience and challenge panelists in knowledge of a certain category. I think Brian, because he showed up literally two minutes before the show started, I had to decide what his category was going to be. And I think I made it television, right? Yeah, but you didn't pick, you didn't pick actual television. Because if it was like daytime television or even nighttime television, but it was like, his, like the history of television, which, w- which would have been okay, but this is, this is what pissed me off. <laughs> this was the questions that made me lose and made Eric win the game. <laughs> Eric's question was, who created Fat Albert? <laughs> now, hey, hey. maybe if I this? was drunk or something, I might have accidentally said Bing Crosby or something. But everybody knows it's Bill Cosby. The only way you can get that wrong is by mistake. Mine was, who was the first person to announce... That JFK was been shot. Now it's clearly which, Walter Cronkite. Walter Cronkite. Well, it was Walter me. Cronkite. Everybody knows that. But that shot. You're me the only I didn't even know JFK was shot. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was a fictional movie. <laughs> You're the only person who doesn't know that that's Walter Cronkite. And then you tried to get your way around it by guessing the TV station, and you still got that wrong. You only had three choices from the NBC, time. NBC, Fox, or ABC, and I went with NBC. Not Fox. You would have been CBS, CBS, NBC, or ABC. Fox is like the 80s. It's yeah. cool. I would have said CNN, man. It's cool. CNN. Sure. Sean, did you know it was Walter Cronkite? Yeah. yeah like... You think you're too cool for school. <laughs> but I got I news for you, Walter Cronkite. Cronkite. <laughs> you aren't. 
<laughs> Listen, the point of the show and the games was to let people win so they would get prizes. See, but if I wasn't and it's more Eric, fun to watch. It, Listen, let them win. it's more fun to listen to the panelists freak out about the questions being too hard <laughs> than it is to listen to an audience member complain about it. I gotta say, he was pissed, man. <laughs> he was, I was pretty pissed. In fact, my brother took so long to get the prize out, I got even more pissed. I just turned to Eric, and I'm like, get your damn prize so we can go get high. Because I just did not want to be there. I was embarrassed. I felt like everyone was pointing at me. I felt like I was naked up there. Brian, you joined with pretty much every single panelist in losing the game. That the only true. person who I think won was Matt Hoot with the science questions, and that's because he's got a degree because, in science. And because you just won it, James. <laughs> Get off that <laughs> And if James is listening, I love you, James. No, and you there don't. And monsters are amazing. You are lying out your ass. I do love James. And I think he is aware that he's a little obnoxious when he's drunk. Is James the one with the bandana? Yes. Okay, okay. Okay. No, I just wish he didn't bring his daughter. He was like, I say fuck in front of her all the time. It doesn't matter. Yeah, he was like, all ages, all ages, my fucking daughter's here. <laughs> like, shit. James is a good guy. I, I actually did have a lot of fun at that show. Uh, it was a fun time. You know that a show is going poorly when some random dude off the street shows up and we just let him play <laughs> 10 minutes of music? That's when I was started getting annoyed. I'm like, all right, this guy can play a song. And he's like, one more! Play another one. I'm like, it's, it is the St. Moore show, not the James show. <laughs> what were the two songs he played? He, he played, played three songs. He, he played, played three. <laughs> and, finally, and finally James was like, hey, one more song, bro. <laughs> no, he did, um, he did Wonderful Night first. And then he did, uh... Then he, I don't remember what his middle song was. And then he did Guns N' Roses, right? Oh, no, he did Stairway to Heaven, Bob Dylan. Let's know. I mean, not Stairway to Heaven, uh... He did Knock It on Heaven's Door. Knock It on Heaven's Door. But that was his Last third, one. That was his third song. I can't remember what his second Tom song was. Tom Petty. What was the Tom Petty song? Oh, shit. It wasn't like a good Tom Petty song. <laughs> ah, it wasn't Free Fallen. Fly. Yeah, Learn to Fly. You know, play American Girl, dude. Oh, yeah. Well, oh, <laughs> Take it easy, baby. Make, make it last. Make it last all night. She was an American girl. <laughs> but this dude, like, he was clearly doing the Bob Dylan version of Knock on yeah. the Door, which is only like a minute and 30 seconds. But he sang that chorus like 15 <laughs> yeah. or 20 times. He was milking it. He was knocking on heaven's door. Knock, knock, knock. It was like, I think he's still, no, no, he's still going. And then he did the final. Right. And you're like, all right, it's good. And he's just like, knock, knock. Well, I thought, I thought there are monsters was only doing one song during their little middle set. And they played three songs. Yeah, really? they were like, oh, take that. So they were the worst band. He was like, oh, yeah. They were joking around that they were going to play Night of the Demons. I didn't think they were actually going to do it. Oh, you never, you know. <laughs> they are monsters. So. Are monsters. Do you actually, do you know where their name comes from? They are they are giants. They might be giants. Monster Squad. It's what the letter that Eugene writes to the army says is just Dear Army Guys, there are monsters. Love Eugene. <laughs> Which I that's what makes me like that band, because not too many people know that movie. And that's they wrote a whole movie. song about that movie. That was awesome. It's like one of the best songs that they ever wrote. It was awfully awesome. It's awful. 
Awesome. <laughs> I enjoyed their set. It was good. You were there for their first set. I was smoking a cigarette. They had, the, they had a set before they that? before the show. Like a, <laughs> like a 25 minute set. I retract my statement. I did not see that set. No. <laughs> it was an alright set. They did some good jams. They did their song, Paul Stanley Should Never Not Wear Makeup. <laughs> <laughs> Paul Stanley is one. The lyrics were just every time, I see, every time I see Paul Stanley's face, I say, at. <laughs> that's, not, that's not fair because Gene Simmons and the rest of them are pretty ugly. You know. Yeah, but Paul, Paul Simon, Paul Stanley, Paul Simon's and Paul Stanley both are <laughs> so good. But uh, true, Brian. I know that you've got a group of friends here, and you got some Jägermeister chilling on the table. Hey. And you guys want to get a little bit drunker? A little bit. Jägermeister. Uh, so hopefully, I mean, we. I think we've officially retired the Brian segment. At this point, mm-hmm. we've used every answer that we can do. We recorded all of them in one night, in one evening, over maybe a minute and a half. Yeah, it was just you. You were like, say as many words that come to mind. It wasn't even answers to how you feeling. It was just many words. Yeah. Well, my favorite one was uh, Brian. How are you doing? And you just went, I don't have anything else to say. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, hopefully you guys will come and visit me when I'm out in California. Oh, for sure. And we'll do uh, another segment with... Uh, will you pay for the plane ticket? The whole team, because this is only 50% of the team. So you're going to get, like, uh, a hotel room then, because I don't think my, my apartment's big enough for six people. And I would like to do a podcast in an apartment. You're going to have to make it big enough for six people. <laughs> <laughs> And that would actually be seven if you include Scott and Craig. You know, I think Lola's going out too. We're gonna we're we're talking ten minimum. <laughs> you need a couple <laughs> hotel rooms, is basically what you're saying. Unless someone, because I'm not paying for Lola's ticket, and Lola doesn't have any money, <laughs> and Lola is always like, oh, I just want to let you know, I don't pay him to get anywhere, and I'm like, Lola, you're not that attractive, so I don't know how that works. You, <laughs> dick. <laughs> What about what Lola was saying the one night? She was like, oh my god, Pete is my best friend, but I have to say, he's the ugliest fucking kid I've ever seen in my entire life. And that is going on the internet. Um, and on that note, I will say, uh, we'll be back after this commercial Do you have an idea for a fake commercial for the St. Moore Show? Well, if you record it and email it to me and then attach your website to the email, I'll put it up and I'll plug you for free. Plug whatever you want, your website, your blog, your band, or even just a funny fake commercial to promote yourself as a comedian. So send your submissions to stmort at gmail.com. Ladies and gentlemen, Roots and Stereo. Overrated, never stated Always hated the police 
fishing and tips. So it's time to catch up, bring the fish and the chips. Lower kiss with your lips, no fucking swing your hips. That's obviously for the ladies, fellas, bring your clips. See, it's not gum music, but my shit go bo-bo. My poses like, oh no, my eyes are so low. Fun to rap when the alter ego reaches out for the tag knocks. Hold the 
All right, thanks guys for that performance. Uh, I am in the studio now with Roots and Stereo. Uh, I know half of you guys from, from previous bands that I used to book back in the day or being friends with my brothers, and then I don't know two of you. But how did you guys all form? So. Uh, who wants to take that? I'll take that. All right. So all right. it started off because I was the shit as far as being a, a rapper in Delco. That's so debatable. And um, <laughs> yeah, a few of the guys from the band were a part of a rap group called Knee Deep. And in order for them to push their product further, they decided to ask me to collaborate with them on one of their right, songs. Really we, 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 we were being the balls deep, right? We were helping you out. <laughs> we, were, we were helping you out, man. Right. No, well, basically, we um we were set to do a song together, and I don't even know what happened to that, but ultimately, the band formed out of that. No, so, we, uh, I remember we were um we were all in Dave's room, like, writing for, like, these stupid raps for this song. It's closed on these serious these. ones. I don't and know. I thought everybody else's was pretty uh, fucking good. Uh, we, we, <laughs> we came down to the garage and we all started jamming. Like me, because we, me, Dave, and Erica, we always play. And then uh, we just like, you want to start a band? Yeah. And then that's basically what happened. Yeah. <laughs> From there on out, we've been meeting in this same spot every Sunday. Um, the studio. The same spot that he didn't reference previously in the interview. Now, you guys have actually been, I would say, I'm guessing here, but it's been about a little over a year, right? A year and a half or so? About a year and a half. Yeah. Uh, And I remember the first time I had heard about you guys, my brother was like, oh, you got to go to Sun Valley. Roots and Stereo is playing a show. And I'm like, A, who the fuck is Roots and Stereo? (laughs) B, I'm 23 years old. I'm not going to my fucking high school. <laughs> <laughs> I admit it was a little awkward. Going I, uh, I, I can't and wait then, for that day. Uh, but then I saw the footage on Facebook, and I was like, holy shit. Yeah. Like, this is actually good. <laughs> if only they got rid of the guy who was singing and just left Khalil <laughs> in the band. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh, 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 and uh, essentially, that's, that's what happened. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, uh, it was. I was like, this is like really... This is like... So I, I kept saying it's like sublime with a rapper. Like that was, and I, I guess that would pretty much be what you guys described yourselves anyway. That's, that's actually almost We're exactly what I tell people when, uh, <laughs> when they ask me what we sound like. <laughs> but uh, like, what is the future plans for the band? Uh, is there going to be some touring this summer, or is it just focusing on releasing music right now, or what? Uh, well, we've actually been talking to our uh, our good friends in No Such Noise. Yay! Um, <laughs> in No Such Noise uh, about trying to do something later this August. But other than that, we just have some. Some uh, weekend stuff in the works, just you know, like three day things, and uh, we're trying our best to play wherever we can. So yeah, that's pretty much. Let it be known that Roots and Stereo uh, is down to play any show, anywhere, with anyone. Basically, this is our cry for help, people. Except Hangar 84. <laughs> uh, I don't need, I don't need help. I'm, I'm good. <laughs> now, Seth Hangar 84. Now, uh, do you? Ha- is there any way that people can pick up any CDs by you guys, or will there be in the near uh, future? Right now, we yeah. have. Right now, we have all the, uh, of our four. Less rough songs up for download on our pure volume. So uh, purevolume.com slash recent stereo. Pretty simple. You can also get a link to that from our Facebook page. Um, and they're all up for free download right now. Um, so go get them while they're still free. Well, we have we 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 record been been recording the EP, but um, uh, we just had some. We're waiting for final mixes of two other songs. So until we know that, then we'll know when we're gonna release something uh, substantial. It's coming. It's coming. In a nutshell, that's really... It's coming in a nutshell? (laughs) It's coming in a nutshell. (laughs) Who hasn't came in a nutshell? 
show. <laughs> I'm in a nutshell. How would I get in this nutshell? <laughs> now, okay, so you guys, I guess, if you had to classify yourself as a reggae group or a rap group, I guess it would lean a little bit more towards rap. Um, I mean, we, it's, it's, it's different because... I mean, we feel like we have the rap as aspects, and like you could say we have reggae aspects, but like our recordings that are up now, we have a lot more material written than that. You gotcha. know what I mean? So we're kind of like we're 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 we try to stress the reggae. We have rock, we have punk rock, and we have rap. And you know, the rap will be on top of that, on top of everything. You know what I mean? So. All right, real quick, each one of you greatest rap song ever written, go. Um, I'm gonna have to say "Who Knew" by Eminem, the Marshall Mathers LP. Okay, hell no. <laughs> um, anybody else want to go? I got. I, I'm it. curious I got now. Sun, yeah. Sunshine by Atmosphere. Oh, Fucking wait. Atmosphere is great. New album so good. I know. Um, yeah, it's probably gonna be a uh, Jizz in My Pants by Lonely Islands <laughs> because I can relate. <laughs> you don't even. I don't even know what rap is. <laughs> What's rap? What is rap again? That is fun. What is what is what is your song? Uh, right. Alright, whatever, yeah, shut the fuck up. <laughs> oh, oh. The best rap song, in my opinion, Respiration, Black Star featuring Common. If you never heard that, no. listen to it. No one has uh, I gotta tell you guys, you're all wrong. The <laughs> correct answer is Skilo's I Wish. Um, <laughs> no, shit, yeah, I wish I was a ball. No, 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 I, I changed my answer. Um, the chemistry rap. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Oh, yeah. Kiss uh, oh, for the record, Mr. Zack sucks dick. No one, no one has... <laughs> No one has heard that song that listens to this podcast, and it's probably going to stay that way for a <laughs> Now people might look it up. Yeah, yeah they, you're they welcome. <laughs> yeah, thanks a bunch. Uh, second place is obviously Snow's Informer. I'm just throwing that out there as well. Um, <laughs> Which you guys should completely cover, because it is reggae and rap mixed. I'm about to say, I'm... I'm <laughs> and I would love to see Khalil say Licky Boom Boom Yeah hey, 17 <laughs> times in yeah. one song. <laughs> I mean, let's set it up. We can, we can We're sitting now. in a studio right now where literally the lead singer slash rapper of this group is just playing like a Tony Hawk pro skater <laughs> game. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, combo. I can just keep going. Too. Which, Tony Hawk Underground 2, to be specific. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which is... One of the best. <laughs> Which is one of the benefits of being the member of the band that doesn't play an instrument. Is that... You, know, like, you can just sit. <laughs> you don't have to focus on anything else like this while kid, setup goes this on. Kid, this kid like, writes, a, writes an entire verse in like three minutes and then just plays video games the rest of the time. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm over here trying to figure out what scale I'm playing in and shit. You guys... Uh, I remember the one time, I only got to see you guys live, I think, once or twice, and one of them uh, was a show I was playing, yeah. and you guys yeah. were all late to it, so yeah. thanks. You <laughs> missed my which, set. Which one was that? Uh, no, I was, I'm, pretty sure I was shows. I'm pretty sure I was there. I'm pretty sure I was there. You didn't even know it the was Brooklyn. me, though. The Brooklyn. <laughs> Brooklyn. I didn't. Oh, yeah, I didn't. Yeah, <laughs> it was until I got off the stage, you're like, oh, shit. I'm like, that is We were rehearsing relentlessly, so that's why. But I remember something you guys did at that show, and I think you do it at all the shows, but it threw me through a little wind of confusion was that I am not uh, one that smokes as they say the pot right. but, but I was like I'm not familiar with that uh, the term I was like that. is someone smoking pot in there and it was because you had like seven incense burners <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, on wow. stage the oh, entire wow. set I know, I know this, is, uh, is this is an on, this is an wow. on record comment the stereo is uh, going for uh, the um, you know pleasing audio wise visually <laughs> and uh, now uh, we're appealing to the third sense which is smell we're trying to be, appeal it's to everybody's senses one of the senses. first bands 
<laughs> you just gotta let people touch you. <laughs> We're uh, setting something up uh, for five dollars. You get to feel uh, Cleo's arms at, at every show. <laughs> hey, I like that. Only that's about, that's really that's about four dollars and ninety nine cents more than I'm used to paying for Cleo's <laughs> arms. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I get the friend discount, wow. so. <laughs> Man, you didn't have to go public. <laughs> that was before he was in this group, though, and he just needed some money. Yeah. That was before Applebee's came knocking. Oh, damn. <laughs> <laughs> uh, times are tough. Oh, what the, what the? <laughs> so, uh, this is going to go up about two weeks from now. Is there any show that's coming up in the next two weeks you want to plug? Yes. What's June 10th. June 10th. Yeah. In Deptford, New Jersey, at the Test Tube. If you're looking to uh, see Ruth's stereo in any show, this may be the one you want to go to. This if might you, be the one. If you haven't seen us yet, this you know this is your chance to redeem yourself. I'll forgive you <laughs> if you come out to this show. Our buddies in Deptford, New Jersey. It's a, it's a legit venue called the Test Tube. You know, it's a uh, it's gonna be a pretty crazy night. So uh, any yeah. any any night with with Ruth's stereo, no no such noise is guaranteed. See, here's the thing, guys. Yeah. My Jersey listeners. There's finally something good that's come out oh, of being okay. in New Jersey. <laughs> and also, if you come to the show, my Puerto Rican friend Joe will also be there. So that's another... He, he charges a little less to touch his arms. I'll give you I was going to say, are you, is there. he charging for arms? You can just get like a whole multicultural hand touching. <laughs> I bet you I get the most... I bet you I get the most touches. <laughs> I touched an actual Negro, Mom. So <laughs> <laughs> it cost me five dollars. <laughs> Yo, babes go fucking crazy. Over me. I don't know what it is. Like. Babes don't go crazy over me. It's maybe, maybe, maybe I should, maybe I should start rapping. Exaggeration. <laughs> oh man, I'm the shit. <laughs> oh, I'm glad you think so. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thanks for coming by. Uh, the band is Roots and Stereo. You guys can check them out on Pure Volume and Facebook. Do you guys have the MySpace, or is that pretty That's much gone? It, well, it's, 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 it exists. It's, 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 you can go, man, but we won't be there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also, Herb Drive Sessions out later this summer. Keep a lookout for the release date. Herb Drive Sessions. They're recorded. 2011. All right. Uh, thank you. Chico's Vibe. Play us out. <laughs>